Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Mmm. Yay. Yay, coffee. <laughs> I am out here in the Secret Garden, and it is Thursday, June 11th. And I realized I knew that date because tonight is my rescheduled Zoom event at Mysterious Galaxy. So I'm hoping some of you can make it. It would be fun, fun to have a, an IRL, not, well, kind of IRL conversation. It's not quite simultaneous conversation. I'm uh, checking on my begonias back here. It has not been good year for the begonias. I think baby group begonia is no more. And my other begonia, which I've had for several years and brought out the last few summers, I had it out on the front porch and it kept getting eaten down to the nubs. <laughs> that was a big plant and now it's just soil. But I think the roots are still there. I was just checking on that and, uh, I brought it around back uh, to the secret garden to see if that will save it from whatever was attempting to eat it. Ooh, now there's ants in this hummingbird feeder, those little fuckers. Boy, they do find these things. And I did do the Vaseline, but they must have, um, I bet I see how they got in. It was too close to this other vine. So they could walk over without going on the Vaseline part. Yeah. Vaseline, not to be confused with Mussolini. <laughs> okay, I'm going to dump this out. Because who wants to drink ant water? Nobody. Okay. <laughs> I've got so much Vaseline on the hanger part that I get Vaseline on my hands when I pick it up. Ah, uh, well... So, uh, hi there, Tohi. Kind of startled me. Hopping around in the grape leaves overhead. Oh no, it's Thrasher. That's why it sounded so big. Curved bill Thrasher. Kind of crashes around. It's a big bird and not afraid of nothing. So it's funny, I was having this Twitter conversation over the last few days um, where a few of my friends, you could figure out who if you went and looked at my Twitter feed, so it's, it's not a secret, but I won't name names. But a couple of my friends were going back and forth about the Red Pony because there was this whole Twitter conversation about the fact that apparently many people believe that pony means a baby horse as opposed to being a specific kind of horse. And... They, I don't. I thought that was funny because I never had that idea. And then we started talking about, you know, how these conversations go. We started. They were saying, "Well, it's maybe it's because the horse books of our youths are mostly aimed at girls. They all have female protagonists and so forth." And I said, "Well, what about Marguerite Henry's books? You know the." And I pulled a few of mine off the shelf because I've saved them, you know, like King of the Wind and Born to Trot and Wildest Horse Race in the World all have male protagonists. 
I mean, written by a woman, but you know, it's the the argument was is that we all knew because we'd written read the the Shinkatig books that we knew that like Stormy Misty's foal taught us the word foal for baby horse. It's convoluted logic. Stick with me. It was a Twitter conversation. So anyway, uh, we somebody brought up the red pony, and Kelly Robson, my friend. Uh, who loves horses um, said, I can't, you know, basically I can't even with the red pony. And I said, yeah, I said, no, I'll talk caps. Don't talk to me about the red pony. And the other girl in the conversation said, well, you know, clearly you've entered this conversation and <laughs> want to talk about the red pony. And I do like her very much, but um, we started talking about the red pony and the pearl. And this is kind of, um, Pursuant to the stuff that I talked about on here a while back when we were talking about the books where the animals die, you know, like Old Yeller and where the red fern grows and all of those. Um, the Red Pony was one, John Steinbeck. And I think uh, the books, I think they, they're, they're, shorter, they're short stories, they're not books. Red Pony and the Pearl. And we think that they were bundled together. And they must have been part of the curriculum because several of us read them in like... I think it was seventh grade. Um, I'm, it was sixth or seventh grade, probably seventh grade. Uh, and and the gal who was arguing for them was saying she read them older, and so she felt like she was more adult. I know I read them when I was young, you know. And of course, you know, spoiler alert: the red pony dies. <laughs> I don't know. You after a while, when you're a kid, you start to realize that if there's like an animal in the title then that animal's gonna die charlotte's web anyone <laughs> it's a clue especially if they want you to read it for school and the pearl if you guys read the pearl but every time i um suppress a sneeze i'm trying to be quiet when i sneeze i think of the pearl and so this other gal liz we'll just say it's liz uh said that that's what good fiction could do. And she felt like that it taught that, she was talking about a lesson she thought these stories taught, you know, about consumerism and about the difference between rural and the city and, you know, that you don't always get what you want. And I can't re recall what all she said. And she made a compelling argument. I could see her point. And she said, you know, that the fact that these stories stuck with us means that they had a lot of impact and that that's what, this is what she said, that's what good fiction can do. And you know, I mean, you guys know me. I'm just, this whole idea that, that it's good fiction is the stuff that leaves emotional scars on us. I just don't know that I buy this argument. I think that, yes, good fiction will have an emotional impact. But it keeps coming back to this same thing. It's like, why does it have to be a negative emotional impact? Why don't, why don't we say things like, oh, you know, I, you know, like I just finished reading this Nora Roberts book and it, um, Undercurrents, I really enjoyed it. And the heroine is a landscaper and it got me all revved up about landscaping things and wanting to do more landscaping. And, it made me happy to think of this town that they live in, and it did have an emotional impact on me. It made me happy. 
<laughs> I would, finished it and I was happy and satisfied. And why are we more interested in the the negative emotional impacts? Uh, as if only those teach us lessons. And also, I don't know. I mean, I, I really was thinking about it because I thought that she made good arguments. And I thought, okay, well, maybe a lot of my ideas about the immigrant experience have been informed by the pearl. I certainly have that emotional connection to it. So arguably that shaped my thinking as a person. But, you know, then I think of all the other kids in my class who read that same damn story and, you know, clearly it didn't inform their ideas about the immigrant experience given how many people are such assholes about immigrants. So I don't know. I don't know. But I think... Um, Kelly is my soul sister because we're both like, no, don't talk to me about the red pony. I don't, you know, it's the poor red pony. I think, you know, and, and somebody had made the argument that, and, and maybe it was Liz, but, you know, about that the red pony is the story of, you know, that you get what you want and then you might lose it again. And I thought, do we really need fiction to teach us those stories? I mean, most kids have pets, you know, some don't, but most kids have pets and the pets die. And, you know, we learned that lesson early on. <laughs> I don't think that, that kids need to be taught that you can lose things in life. You know, kids lose stuff all the time. And I think we don't always take that seriously. So... So, well, that was on my mind this morning. Um, what else? I got to go out last night, out in the world. Uh, I met my friend Megan Mori at the uh, Rosewood Inn of the Anasazi on the patio. And we had margaritas, and it was joyful. And her guy Charlie joined us um, after a while. And it was just lovely. It was a gorgeous evening. We sat in the sun and drank our margaritas and ate some dinner. And it was, um, yes, all I hoped it could be. Um, but it's amazingly quiet around town. I mean, just, just, um, I, I'm trying to think of the word I want that wouldn't be too negative. But, you know, it's just there's there's very few people out still. Which makes it nice for driving and parking and getting tables and so forth. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know if it's just because people are in the habit of staying close to home now. Um, you know, obviously we're not going to have the summer tourist season. I stopped at a stationery store. The Marcy Card Shop has great cards and stationery and stuff. And they had changed locations, and I hadn't been to their new location yet. And the lady in there was very cheerful, very happy. And there was one other guy in there, um, but it was, uh, you know, clearly everybody is like, 
Please come in and buy things. <laughs> so hopefully our our shops will survive the... It's hard when you're in a town where you rely on the tourist season for so much of the annual income, you know. And for us, we're just... This should have been high season, and no, and it's nothing. But hopefully, will hopefully it will be all right. Making good progress on the Lost Princess returns. I'm at past thirty two thousand words, thirty two thousand three hundred. So I will. Um, I'm figuring it's about five thousand words left. And I will, I doubt I'll finish today, but I'll come pretty darn close. And then I'm going to have to go back through and revise. I need to fix some things or a couple of things I got um, tweaked incorrectly, uh, especially connecting to previous stuff. And then I might send to a couple people and say, okay, what did I leave out that you really wanted? <laughs> I might layer a few things into the beginning. But we've been working on the cover. Cover's pretty. Um, and so I think I'll probably have this book out in another couple of weeks. Shouldn't be a problem, knock on wood. But I think I'll have it out before the end of June. So I just want to make sure that I tie up everything that needs to be tied up. So I think... Uh, Kareen will be a good one to weigh in on that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens today. The The final plan is coming together, but I'm not exactly sure how it will play out. The, the joys of writing for Discovery, right? It's a beautiful morning. And yesterday was a pretty evening. We're really hitting our, our gorgeous time of year. I need to finish getting the drip system set up this weekend. Got Lyra on Saturday. But other than that, I'm kind of plugging along. I mean, my, my life, I know I keep saying this, but my life is so much better getting those, my 3,000 words done by before lunch. I can get them done before lunch, and then I can sit and enjoy my lunch and read for a little bit, and then it's just uh, makes my my life feel nice and easy. So I'm not getting through everything on my list, but I am chipping away at it. So on that note, I think I will go ahead and go chip away. Uh, you guys will notice that I don't have an an interview this week. Uh, Marcella Bernard will be on the blog next week. Uh, the blog, the podcast. I'm interviewing her on Monday. so And I'll probably put up her interview on Monday. She had a release this week, but she really wanted the interview to be next week. And I, a lot of people are just feeling like this isn't a good time to yak about themselves. So, we will... Um, have more in the future, though. We do have a good lineup for the summer. And maybe we'll get my mom on here again. <laughs> all right. Um, I will remind you all, as I realized I forgot to do yesterday, 
that first cup of coffee as part of the Follick Media Podcast Network. And you'll find more podcasts you'll love at follick.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye.